0: It's time now for the complete story with Rich and Dick Bot, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here is Rich and Dick Bot with today's complete story. Well, you
1: know Rich today is one of those days that is just going to be plain fun. I mean, we're going to visit with a guest that is just going to be a pleasure to bring to our audience. We
2: have already been visiting with him in the studio, and I am just excited to share this with our audience.
1: Now, now let me just go back a little bit before we talk to our guest. It was how many years ago that National Religious Broadcasters was formed? I mean, is it 65 mm. Well, it began in
2: 1943.
1: <laughs> well, wow. you, you, I tell you what, folks, you do the math then. But in 1943, there was a real danger that genuine Christian programming was going to be thrown off radio. You got to remember there were only three networks mm-hmm. at that time, and of course, uh, the, nothing was new then as it is today. The, the old uh, the old devil he didn't like that the guys that really preached the gospel, the fellows that really preached the Bible. So anyway, it was it was a danger. That genuine christian broadcasting would not be able to to survive and then there were a few men that met in prayer a few men that met in prayer and one of them was the gentleman from the lutheran hour uh who would that have been greg
0: dr walter a meyer
1: dr walter a meyer from the missouri synod lutheran church and, and and others also from,
0: from the Lutheran Hour, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And they
2: met, and that's what was the beginning of national religious broadcasters. I, I haven't done the math yet, but I think that was seventy four years ago. I think next year we celebrate seventy fifth Well, the and, 75th, then, and then and then you see who, who was
1: the gentleman from California who was also part of that same oh, group? Oh, uh,
2: Rudy Berderman. Well, no, I'm the, talking
1: about California for goodness sake. The the old the old the old fashioned revival hour. Oh, sure, Charles uh, Fuller. Charles Fuller. You see, the, these are names out mm-hmm. of history. Folks, mm-hmm. if you think that everything started the day you were born,
2: <laughs> you're just wrong.
1: But anyway,
2: how does that go? We Christ- we drink the water from wells that we did not dig. We <laughs> eat the fruit from trees that we did not plant.
0: And we stand I, on the shoulders of giants. In uh, yes. In
1: the night, about 1960, about 1960 or 61, when I went to my very first national religious broadcast, it may have even been 1959. I met Dr. Eugene Berderman, who was then the uh, the voluntary executive director and the, well, the president of National Religious Broadcasters, such as it was. But Dr. Eugene Berderman is the one that held it mm. together. And he, he did all of the work, I think, on his kitchen table mm. because— uh, because he hmm. was working for the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church in St. Louis. So you see, there is a history of the Lord's people, the people who really love the Lord, and they revere the Bible and know that His Word is, is
2: His Word. Well, yes, and then I remember meeting Dr. Oswald Hoffman there at National Religious Broadcasters.
1: Well, anyway, introduce our guest. Our (laughs) guest is Dr.
2: Gregory Seltz, the speaker on the Lutheran Hour broadcast, who has now been given a new mission, and we're going to be excited to talk to him about the Lutheran Hour and the new thing that he's going to be doing.
1: Wait a minute now, the Lutheran Hour right now on BOT Radio Network is heard when?
2: Every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock
1: every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, and I enjoy listening to it, and I'm sure that the people listening to this broadcast now do as well.
2: Yes, let's <laughs> introduce our guest, Dr. Gregory Seltz. Welcome to The Complete Story.
0: Gentlemen, it is great to be here with you, and I've enjoyed our time already together.
2: Ever since I first met you, I've sensed about you the joy of the Lord. Well, thank you, well,
1: Listen, give us your story right off the bat. I want to hear about Gregory Seltz Is this little guy. When All the way you...
0: back? Well, when oh. did you come
1: to know the Lord? When did you feel well, you I grew,
0: to f- I grew up in a Christian family I mean I got to give my parents tremendous uh, um, credit for the way they raised us and I, I went through parochial school but I went to, I was a physics major at the University of Michigan I talked to you guys about this and my faith started being challenged at secular university so I started to kind of investigate some of these things. There was a nearby college called Concordia Ann Arbor, Uh and I studied there at night while I studied at Michigan during the day. And finally, someone said, "We think you should be a pastor." And so it was in that kind of second year of college that I I switched my vocations, if you will. But I've always enjoyed the Lord. uh, You know, I tell you, growing up in a Christian family, uh, music's always been an important part. You sing the words of Christ right down into your heart; they they last there forever. so, you know, that that was always part of uh, who I was. But becoming a pastor was something that came to me later in
1: life. Was yes. your mom and dad, were they were they Christians? Oh,
0: absolutely. In fact, my mom was always in singing and, and, and participating. My dad had all five of us boys up in the front row of the church, you know, and we were always active. I remember one time saying, I don't like the youth group at our church when my dad said, well, then go make it better. You know, I mean, that's just <laughs> the way they were, you know. <laughs> hey, Reg- yes, Rich,
1: tell the folks right now, because just what he said in a moment ago, when, when you said that you heard— um, being born in a garage. doesn't Yeah, that yeah, going? I can tell that.
2: So, um, uh, Youth for Christ, when I was nine years old, I, I heard uh, the speaker say, "Being born into a Christian family no more makes you a Christian than being born in a garage makes you an automobile." But you need to make sure for yourself <laughs> right. that you're born again. You need to right. make sure of your own salvation, and you personal. have to make sure that your your commitment is real. It's very personal, yeah.
0: Isn't? Yeah, well, the Word of God was rich in our home in so many different ways, and you know, and the Word of God changes your heart. So, yes, uh, it, it was with me all. I can't think of a time when I didn't have it. But being committed to the mission and ministry of the church was something that started to happen later when I saw the challenges that were made against us. I think
1: you're talking about parenting. I think you're talking about home. I think you're talking about what a child
0: Teach him in the way of the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Amen.
2: Mm-hmm. Line upon line, precept upon precept. So when you felt the call of God in your life to right. go into the ministry, to be, I mean, go in, we're all supposed to be in full-time Christian service. Correct. But in, in vocational service, right. um, you began, you were telling me, uh, urban ministry and inner city work. Tell us about that. Well, it's because I
0: grew up in in Detroit, and, and I, I've always been a part of, uh, urban, urban settings are, are normal to me. Okay, so that, that's where that comes from. I have a love for the city. And I just remember telling my father, I said, I, Dad, I don't think I'm going to be, you know, I was in a, an advanced medical program. I said, Dad, I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a pastor. I thought he was going to be mad at me. Martin Luther had the same issue one time. He told his dad, I'm not going to be a lawyer. I think I'm going to be a pastor. And his dad didn't like it. But my dad said, hey, that's great. My mom and dad said, great. But I also had a, a love for the city. I, I, I love the urban environment. Later on, I would be in urban ministry all my life until the Lutheran Hour.
1: All right, now, wait a minute, because when you say urban, are you talking about you are very, very immersed in interracial? Yeah, uh, that situations. was normal, multicultural, I have a passion for that. I think our audience already knows that. Right. I have a passion for the brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of what their skin tone, color is. That doesn't matter. Ken Ham said one race One blood, right? And so it's wonderful. However, that's what the scripture teaches. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I mean, we're not the. I always tell people it's the Darwinists who got to explain racism. That's right. Uh, Not us. That's exactly Mm -hmm. right.
2: So yeah, go ahead. So you're working in um,
0: in New York City, Los Angeles.
2: Yeah, wonderful. Then you were called to be the speaker on the Lutheran Hour. Correct. And tell us about that call.
0: Well, I mean, because in the Lutheran Hour, in, in our church, that is, I don't know that there's a higher calling for a pastor in our church. But I kind of thought at first it was a temptation, I have to be honest with you. Um, People don't know this, but I at first didn't accept the call because I I was doing urban ministry, and and no one cared about that. I was an unknown quantity, and I thought, well, I'll be lifted up as Lutheran, our speaker. Maybe it's a temptation. Maybe God is saying, let somebody else be lifted up, and you keep your nose to the grindstone. But, of course, I accepted the call. It's the greatest honor in our church, and you're preaching the gospel to over a million folks a week. I mean, that's an incredible burden, but what a joy it was. Let me take a detour here. Somewhere along the line, you met
2: this wonderful lady that became your wife, and I, I met her when I was over in St. Louis Isn't for that something? anniversary <laughs> event. Yes, she is wonderful. Tell our listeners well, about your Yvette, wife. Well,
0: Yvette, I tell you what, she's the she's the actually the greatest evangelist in our family. Uh, she has just this way about her. And urban ministry, you're confronted by multiple cultures, multiple challenges, and yet she's a person who seemed to be able to handle and balance. And she she befriended people from all walks of life all cultures and she she does it naturally i don't know god gave her a gift um but on top of that she's been a great helpmate and a great support on the front lines of ministry
1: where did she grow up
0: san antonio texas oh for goodness sakes her you'll you'll get a kick out of this her grandfather uh cv uranga uh hit the beaches (laughs) in normandy and when reagan went over there uh, a few years back uh, he was standing at his side
2: no kidding yeah well, that is wonderful. So so you're the, the speaker on the Lutheran Hour, yes. and you're, you're following in the in the footsteps of Walter A. Meyer and Oswald Hoffman and these other great speakers of the Lutheran Hour. Yes. But now I understand there's a transition. Tell us what, well, wait what's a minute, happening. Wait
1: a wait, 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 I want to circle back for just a minute, <laughs> because I have been so impressed with the Scripture, Mark, the 12th chapter, the 30th and the 31st verse, Where they asked the Lord, you know, what is really important? What is really important? And the Lord said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And then he went on to say, and the second is like unto it that you love your." neighbor as yourself isn't that the test of whether you love god or not isn't that always the test of you of you whether you really love god how do you feel about your neighbor that's what we've got to get deeply into our into ourselves otherwise we all live in our little box don't we
0: yeah, and, and again, in our teaching, too, if, if, if we're taught that Christ loves us 100%, he came all the way to where we are through, you know, the work that he did, and he, he loves us to himself, well, then he turns us to our neighbor with that love, and we then reflect that to them. So, yeah, I don't know how you can not love your neighbor if you know who well, Jesus is. a lot of is. people
1: try pretty I hard. Know, well, I
0: get that. I get that, absolutely. <laughs> that's the power.
2: So bring us up to date
0: now. Well, you know, I, it goes back to Walter Meyer. When Walter Meyer was the first speaker of the Lutheran, like you said, they tried to take... The the Lutheran Hour and all religious programming off the air, and one of the things he did is he used Jeffersonian freedom principles and then the NRB to actually fight for that public space to keep preaching the gospel. Right. Well, what he could do ad hoc, we now have to do full-time, as you know, because the government's impinging more and more on that space. So the Lutheran Church is, is now sending me to D.C., and we're going to start this. It's called the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty, and we're going to join the fight. And We're going to join the fight. What we're saying is, we we uh, have every right to fight for the public space to be the church for others. Yeah, and that's what we're that's what we're going to be. Well, about. that's
2: about the free exercise of religion. Yes,
0: exactly. It's a First Amendment. People forget it. it's freedom of speech and freedom of religion. It, it and the founding fathers understood that it was religiously free people who would make a better society. So we're going to fight for that, and we're going to put our temporal liberties to work to proclaim the eternal liberties of Jesus.
2: This is a good. point place to reflect back now 500 years we yes. have just uh sunday or two ago celebrated reformation sunday uh, october 31st which is the date that martin luther nailed the 95 theses to the wittenberg door right mm. tell us about that and, history well, i tell you what yeah, I, want him, I want him also
1: because people are devoid of history knowledge people are devoid of of, of our history my word I mean it's just the truth but I want you to set the stage for what was happening 500 years ago when the reformation took place what was happening what well, was
0: I mean, there was a corrupting influence that had even corrupted the church to the point where the gospel of Jesus Christ was lost. I mean, it truly was. And people, we, we tend to make religion out of the gospel. It's actually, the gospel's a proclamation of freedom that comes because of the work of Jesus Christ on your behalf. It's a mm. pure gift. Mm. Like Dr. Well, Lutzer's book, Erwin Lutzer wrote the book Rescuing the Gospel, yeah. but the gospel had really been lost. Well, and the gospel had been lost, and in a lot of ways the gospel rescued Luther, and Luther then, when he rediscovers it, says, wow, this... This is what the church really has always taught well, how did we get off on this but he didn't realize that they had created this whole system of indulgences this buying forgiveness as if we could buy god off uh, that that there was a whole system of governmental system a religious system that was built on that and so when luther talks about the free gift of god's grace in jesus christ he upset a whole lot of apple
1: now carts. cards then how important was it that the Bible was then available to everyone.
0: Well, See? yeah, it is. It, it isn't I mean, the, the printing press obviously made a huge difference because I, I've heard this. Luther wrote a tremendous amount of things. I think 25% of what was written at the time was Luther himself. But again, that idea of getting the word out so average people could read it. You know, people don't understand this universal education today that everyone should read. That that wasn't true back then. Luther was one of these guys who said, yeah, everyone should read because everyone should know the gospel themselves in their own language. You know, so these ideas of your liberty today, education for all, all these things were rooted in Luther saying, because God loves you in Jesus Christ. So it was a very powerful thing, and it was unleashed on the culture now, of the day. Tell it th- 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 Are there five solas? How many solas are there? Well, it goes back to sola scriptura. I mean, you know, the scripture alone.
1: I'm I'm, I'm just this old guy here, so you have to explain. What do you mean by solas?
0: Only... We'll, scripture we'll alone. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go. No, explain. Well, explain what that means. Scripture. I mean, again, you know, what Luther was discovering was that that the church had had gotten off base on on some things, and the, the the scripture is what holds us accountable. The scripture builds the church. The church doesn't build the scripture, and that 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 goes back a thousand years. The Catholic Church felt that they were protecting the scripture, and Luther said, "No, the scripture protects you." And so, again, going back to that original understanding of the power of the scripture and what it can do in our lives. So the, the Scripture alone, our final authority. Final authority in all things matter. And, and sola
2: means alone, or,
0: or only. Yeah, and this is what gets Lutherans into trouble today, because that word alone sounds divisive, but it isn't. Because he, Christ did, so the Scripture alone christ alone grace alone faith alone in christ alone so those that sounds narrow but really it's christ alone for all Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so we call it the scandal of particularity in theology that christ is the only savior and the scripture is the only resource but it's for everybody so it's a narrow road but it's available to everybody to whosoever
1: now you're hitting it there where is that scripture that says narrow is the way well right Uh, and uh, then uh, why uh, do you see is to destruction for sure Absolutely one door and only one and yet its sides are two.
2: Jesus said I am the way the truth right. and the life. <laughs> and no one comes so he that took his
1: Did you ever sing that little chorus when you were a kid <laughs> Sunday
2: school?
0: What's that? One
1: door and only one and yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside and which side are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well again that. the whole point is is that you know it but it's open to all. You know Christ, Christ is bringing that open door but it's only through him. And yes. this is what Luther rediscovers, that it's for everyone but in Christ and well, Scripture Well, as he did, nailed these theses on right. the
2: wall, he was wanting to open up a conversation That's about That's all he was about about trying to do.
0: He was a good pastor. He was watching people. They thought they had a get-out-of-jail-free card, and so they were going to, they'd buy these indulgences and they go about sinning. And Luther said, if, you, if you, are, you sin, like Jesus says, you're a slave to it, and that will destroy you eventually. They said, I got this get-out-of-jail-free card called an indulgence. And that's when Luther said, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right. And that's why he tapped those things on the door. All right, but then uh, that didn't please the hierarchy. Well, because it started taking money out of people's coffers. And, uh, and so it started upsetting a whole system of things that were built around that false teaching. Yeah, and so when Luther brings this, uh, it, it, it literally is the good news of the gospel. It transforms his life. It transforms how he sees life, how he loves neighbor, all these things, because it transformed how he saw God.
2: Hey. There, there came a time when he said, here I stand, here I, stand. I can do no other. And
0: I'm going to tell you, there, that was a great quote. Uh, Luther was right before that. He said he, he suddenly realizes he has the support of the princes. He actually has some political power if he wanted it, and he thought, hmm, I could have the Holy. Roman emperor and the pope at my feet so I could become like a uh, A a public leader. Yeah, Yeah, big shot. And he said, what folly? What folly? I let the word of the gospel do its work no matter what it does to me. And so he was more concerned about people hearing the grace of God and Jesus Christ no matter what. So he didn't even lead an insurrection. Even then, when he said, here I stand, he was standing on that message for others. Oh, so, so Rich, is, Rich,
1: I can almost hear the people turning their radios up right now. You better reintroduce our guest. This is so good.
2: <laughs> our guest is Dr. Greg Seltz, the speaker on the Lutheran Hour broadcast, who is now the executive director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, yes, D.C. Yes, indeed. Thank you. So, Dr. Seltz, has human nature changed any over the past <laughs> 500 years, or are we still still subject to the same propensity to sin?
0: Yeah, I think we're in the same problem. In fact, someone said to me the other day, Luther questions aren't being asked today. You know, that people back then were worried about how do I get an angry God off my back? How do I deal with an angry God because of my sin? Well, no one thinks like that, Pastor Seltz. And I said, well, uh, there are still people who are trying to figure out how to keep, you know, I call it their worldview. How do I keep oh, no. all these things together? <laughs> yeah. And they think if their works will do this, their works will do that. They'll either, you know, they'll get God off their back or they'll have their life the way they want. Tell you what, the sin is just as yeah. prevalent mm. today. And as this and an evil issue.
2: that's pervading us Our society. We see these mass shooters and that evil and uh the Uh, this whole sexual revolution craziness that's going on, it's really a a rebellion against the created order of God, isn't it? Wait a minute,
1: fellas. Let's talk about this First Baptist Church in Texas where these people are worshiping. They went to church that day, and everything I have read, it's a good church where they preach the Bible, Mm -hmm. and the people went there. They took their children there so they could be in church, and then guess what? Here comes Mr. Haight. Right. Here comes Mr Angry. Evil. Here comes Mr Evil. And that is always the battle we've always had between Mm, good and and evil. But you see, when you mentioned an angry God, I was thinking the best way to deal with him is give your heart to a loving God.
0: Right. Well, and again, you you know, Jesus himself gave his life for us, and there were people who who thought they meant it for evil, but God, again, meant it for good, even like the Joseph story. So God is always at work in the world to bless, but this world is evil. This world needs a Savior, and that's what we've always proclaimed. And that's the answer, the gospel
2: of Jesus Christ, to change hearts and lives.
0: But, well, well be, because justice has to be paid. Sin can't be—it has to be—God's a uh, God's justice must be appeased because sin is destructive and evil. Well, he appeases it through his sending of his Son on the cross, and then sacrifice. mercy is poured out. I always tell people, sinners always fudge on justice and are chintzy with mercy. Jesus paid our <laughs> ransom, didn't he? Yes, yeah. he did. All right, now tell so, us
1: about religious liberty, well, because that's the key. this is pretty exciting, because— the religious liberty for which you are going to be contending in Washington, D.C. is for everyone.
0: It's for everyone, see? Again, because when we talk about this, again, the liberties that that Luther rediscovered in Christ actually birthed a lot of liberties we celebrate in our culture. And, And so, again, we want to defend the public right of the church to be able to speak about this Jesus, and that's the religious liberty aspect we have in the First Amendment. We have a right to publicly proclaim the things of Christ.
1: And you are going to be working with all all Bible-believing Christian exactly. leaders in the country. Exactly. Uh, so that you are, well, you know, this is kind of exciting, Rich, because it's kind of like the formation of NRB mm. in a little different, in, form in a little all different over format a different
0: format, yeah, exactly. So it's, you
1: are going to Washington to contend for religious liberty in America.
0: For such a time as this. For, for such a time, a time as, as this. this, exactly. I mean, when you hear senators talking about how if you're a Christian, you can't be in public service, and right. I actually have heard these words, I, I just said, did I actually hear that? Well, we have to push back on that, mm-hmm. not because we're the aggressors, but we're defending the the public space that God has given us to proclaim the gospel.
2: And and we have to protect our ability to be able to proclaim Claim the gospel. Well, I always With, go to, without becoming. I mean, they, it's getting any more. So if you proclaim the gospel of yes. Jesus Christ that Jesus died on the cross for our sins,
0: they're going to call you a hater. Right. And you know it's funny. The Apostle Paul actually mm-hmm. gave us an example of this. Remember when they beat him? You know, and he said, "Do you, do you understand? I'm a Roman citizen." Well, he used his Roman citizenship, his his temporal liberties, if mm-hmm. you will, so that he actually got a hearing before the emperor himself. And so I look at it the same way. We know that battling for religious liberty is not the ultimate work of the Church. We know that. It's preaching the Gospel. Yes, But if they try to silence our public right to do that, we've been given freedoms in this country to say, no, we're going to still fight for those freedoms uh, to that end. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. Well, God bless you in that endeavor. Now, uh, our listeners, we want to encourage
2: them to continue listening to the Lutheran Hour broadcast at, every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock here on BOT
0: Radio Network. And, and Pastor they had, they Klaus a... and Pastor Meyer, who was they're both, Previous Lutheran Hour speakers are handi- handling the mantle. Wonderful. Mm, yes. Wonderful. Are you
2: back every now and then as a guest speaker?
0: Uh, when they invite, I'll be there. All right.
1: Rich, I was uh, I was just trying to think. How many years ago was it that um, when NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, was formed, it was to be able to maintain the preaching of the gospel, Uh, to everyone that could hear it and believe it. And nowadays, you see, religious freedom is something that we have to fight for once again, because those that want to shut us down, those who want to say, no, 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 if you're you're a Bible-believing Christian, why, you're a hater, and they want to put labels and they want to put names, but where on earth does love come from? Where on earth does light come from? If it isn't for the good news of the gospel, and that's what it's about, yeah. is the freedom to continue
0: doing so. Yeah, and Satan's always caricatured the gospel. He's always lied about it. So, you know, we we again, to be an authentic voice of the gospel, you're going to suffer, and you're going to have to kind of show it. But that's kind of what fighting—we're not just fighting for the religious liberty for ourselves. We're fighting for, actually, the very people who still don't even know who Jesus yes, is. Yes,
2: and so, there's so many exciting things happening on that front, among which is the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty. But yes. also we have the Bible Museum yes. that is going to be beginning in, in Washington, D.C. on November 17th. What a, what a great testimony uh, for, for Christ at his church and, and for
0: the authority of the Word of God right and I'll, there
2: in our nation's well, capital. And let, I'll be
0: right there. In fact, we're going to be at a meeting on the 20th in the Bible Museum.
1: Let's talk about Ken Ham's. Uh, ark that he is
0: oh out, sure I'll just yeah, outside there. of cincinnati oh i have not been yet oh
1: man alive everybody that goes up there to see the ark they just come back and it's been a spiritual revival yeah. just to see what has happened there but then his christian museum uh no 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 the, uh, the, creation, the museum. creation museum, museum. Yeah. wow i mean i mean ken ham and yeah. i'll tell you his lecture ken ham's lecture one race one blood and he goes through the science, mm-hmm. he goes through the history, and yeah. he goes through the Bible. Yeah. And I'll tell you, they are seamless. Fundam- and when you realize, when you realize one race, one blood, yeah. uh, one body in Christ, well, then you think, well, who is it that has been breaking us apart? Who right. is it that's been tearing us up? Who is it? Satan himself. That's who it is. And
0: these are fundamental liberties. If you're created in the image of God, you can't look at even your enemy. You're still seeing that God created them, too. And there's a, there's a right. challenge to find a way to be their neighbor.
2: That's right. There's one race, the human race. And That's you right. have to look at the Darwin and uh, his evolutionary theory as the kind of the originator of uh, this distinction that we call race. Yeah, no. exactly.
1: Who is it, Rich? Who is... Uh, Oh come on now! He's a, he's a Jewish. Uh, he's a Jewish. Uh,
2: Prager um, Dennis Prager
1: Dennis Prager. Oh yeah, he's Dennis Prager. Now listen, his words, his words were: "It's because of Christianity, not in spite of it, right. that I am free in America to live as a Jew." Well, those are powerful words. Let me just say it again. Yeah. it's because of Christianity,
0: yeah.
1: not in spite of it, that I am free to live as a Jew, because you see, whether you're talking about um, Islam or whatever it may be, no one is forced. It's Mm -hmm. the good news of the gospel. You turn the light on, and that dispels the darkness, Mm. and that's what it's about, isn't
0: it? Well, like I said, there's so many fundamental liberties that we have today that are rooted in the teaching and preaching of the gospel, the Reformation. Jesus said it's for—or the Scripture says it's for freedom that you've been set free. And Jesus says if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. So, yeah, you're exactly right. Good science actually is rooted in the Christian worldview as well, the scientific Mm -hmm. method itself. How
1: can people pray for you— and what you're going to be doing in Washington. How can people put you on their
2: prayer list?
0: And and come alongside and help. Yeah, well, well, we're going to have our website coming on board this month. It's lcrlfreedom.org, lcrlfreedom.org. Just journey there and come along on this journey with us as we open up our offices in D.C.
2: LCRL, that stands for Lutheran Center for Religious
0: Liberty, LCRL. And that's, and that's going dot to include org. everybody. Okay. L- LCRL Freedom. That's all freedom. LCRLFreedom.org. LCRLFreedom.org. And it'll include anybody who wants to join the join the march with us to D.C. And
1: you're going to be working with the Baptists, and you're yeah. going to be working with the Assemblies of God. You're okay. going to be working with Christians who know well, and love the Lord. Well,
0: Heritage Foundation, uh, the Kirby Center, which is the Hillsdale group. Uh, we've got lots of evangelical voices. We're going to be working with FRC, all those guys. Yes, uh-huh.
2: Tony Perkins, and yeah. on and
0: on. Absolutely. All right, Dr.
1: Greg Zeltz, will you close us? with a word of prayer i
0: surely will dear lord jesus i thank you again for my uh, my friendship with the bots is so precious to me and i i thank you for their time together with me but bless our church and the work that we're called to do so we defend that public space to do one thing to preach the good news of the gospel of jesus christ 500 years later luther's alive and well because the gospel is the thing that is alive and well in our lives in jesus name amen amen Amen. Hey, Rich dad Dad, what's that listener comment line
1: Oh, yeah, what is
2: it? 1-800-345-2621. All right, give it again now. 1-800-345-2621.
1: And we want to hear from you, and we want to hear from you, and we want to hear from, by the way, you over there. Wherever you're listening to us now, all the way from Wyoming up through Indiana, out in California, for goodness sakes, we want to hear from you what you like, what you don't like. Because that's what this program is about. And I did
2: the math. NRB was formed in 1943. That's 74 years ago. Next year, 2018, it will be celebrating its 75th anniversary.
1: This is Dick Bott with Rich, and uh, uh, with this chapter, The Complete Story, as a public service, by the way, and I'll see you later.